Good morning. Thank you for joining us again as we continue our study through the scripture. We're going to finish up Ezra and move into Nehemiah today. But as I've told you from the beginning, when Ezra wrote this book at the beginning, he wrote it as one volume. Ezra and Nehemiah was hundreds of years later, it was, it was divided into two different books. And that is helpful in many, many ways that is helpful. But it's also helpful, I think, in a study like this to view it as one book so that we see the natural flow. So as we see how the things uh, are transpiring and the way that Ezra is developing the story. So just a quick uh, uh, review. Zerubbabel was the first leader that we saw, and he goes to rebuild the temple. He was sent by a pagan king to go rebuild the temple. Everyone's excited. Everyone's happy because the temple is going to be rebuilt. Things are going to be back to normal. And then after everything is finished, after the temple is rebuilt, and they can start having normalcy again, the oldest ones there start to weep because the presence of God was not on the temple. And we see that maybe... Getting back to normal was, has more to do with the presence of God than the rebuilding of a structure. Sixty years later, Nehemiah is sent again by this pagan king, and, or excuse me, Ezra is sent by this pagan king, and he's coming after 60 years of them offering sacrifices of them, celebrating the Passover at this rebuilt temple. And he's coming up there, and maybe if, if the temple wasn't it, maybe this scribe, Ezra, who's coming with the law of God, who's coming to rebuild a sense of community, maybe that's what's missing. Maybe that's what's needed. And so he comes, and that's where we left off last time. He's coming, and there's this great big anticipation that now we're at the moment we need to be. And as he pulls in with the law, he sees immediately that the people have intermarried. The Israelites have married other people who worship foreign gods, pagan gods. And that was strictly forbidden in the law. That was strictly prohibited. And it wasn't about race. You need to understand that right now. It wasn't about that this race of person is never allowed to be with this race of person. It had more to do with the fact that they don't worship God. And if you marry someone who doesn't worship God, then you are going to be corrupted. It was about holiness. It wasn't about race. It wasn't about ethnicity. But Ezra comes in there and he sees that Israel has married these women and they've married people who worship false gods and they've been taking them down that path with them. And so this great anticipation of it and this excitement, this community that was going to be built immediately upon Ezra's arrival, he sees the blatant sin that's rampant in his midst. And the people confess their sin. They confess that they have done wrong, that they have sought after foreign gods, pagan deities. They have worshipped false idols. And they've been brought down that path because of the intermarriage that they've had. And so something happens 
in Ezra chapter 10. And it's, again, an anticlimactic, terrible story. And it's not prescriptive. Understand this. This is not a prescription for all things to happen from here on out, but it is a description of what Ezra is called to do and what he calls the people of Israel to do. In chapter 10, verse 10, And Ezra, the priest, stood up and said to them, You have broken faith and married foreign women, and so increased the guilt of Israel. Now then, make confession to the Lord, the God of your fathers, and do His will. Separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the foreign wives. And so this sense of community that was going to be built up, Ezra comes in with the law and everyone's excited when he gets there until the rubber meets the road. And Ezra calls them in a mass divorce to separate themselves from the world. It is a picture of what Christians are called to do. We're called to separate ourselves from the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not called to be in intimacy with the world, but we are called to minister in such a way that will preach to the world, that will show the world who to worship. But Ezra comes and says, you have broken the faith You've married foreign women. Separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the foreign wives. Separate yourselves from it. And so what was originally this excitement is now this anticlimactic scene. And as we move from the book of Ezra into the book of Nehemiah, we see that Nehemiah is this leader who is back with Artaxerxes, back where Ezra has come. And okay, so Zerubbabel, he, he couldn't do it with the temple. Ezra, he couldn't do it with the Torah and the community. They've separated themselves out. How do we keep people from getting back in? How do we keep the world from, from coming and, and getting involved again? How do we get them and keep them from, from pulling us down? And Nehemiah, is sent by Artaxerxes, again, this pagan king, go and rebuild the wall. Okay, we've just been separated out from these foreign wives, from these foreign gods, from this unholy marriage that has come about. Let's build a wall around ourselves. Let's protect ourselves from all of this foreign interference. Let's do that. And again, you see this sense of excitement as we move into the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is so scared to go and talk to Artaxerxes about it because no one gets a chance to talk to the king like this. But Nehemiah goes in there and Artaxerxes notices that Nehemiah is, is downcast. And Nehemiah says, I know what needs to be done. We need this and this and this. There's this great amount of faith on Nehemiah's part to talk to Artaxerxes about this, to pray about it. And Artaxerxes sends him. He sends him to Judah. He says, go and do it. And once again, the thread of this Ezra Nehemiah book, you get so excited because maybe now we're going to see a real accomplishment for the cause of Israel, for the cause of God's kingdom. 
for the cause of God's people. And so as you read Ezra chapter 9 and 10 and as you flow into Nehemiah 1 and 2, I hope that your understanding of this book is increasing. I hope that you're seeing the ebbs and the flows that are going through it. And uh, I look forward to being with you again tomorrow as we start in Nehemiah chapter 3.